Yeah, it's really, uh, I thought I was I was looking at the wrong city, so I was like thinking, oh, okay, we're going to be good till four o'clock. But I kept seeing clouds right before I left the house. I'm like, oh no, they're way off on that forecast. So then I finally realized I'm looking at the wrong city on my phone app. So then I was like, oh, okay, praise God. God didn't bring. He took care of us once again with the with the weather. He's so good about about that. So no, what's that? I think it's like eleven or eleven years, twelve years. I don't even know now. It's been we've been doing it quite a while. So we had a one one year. It did rain a little, and uh, right on over, and everything was fine. So God's good. So, well, let's get in the word, and we'll uh, we'll get uh, get to praying. We got some serious prayer matters, as we always do. Um, we'll need to get into. So, we're in Second Second Corinthians, and it is it's good to be back. And I have this long list of things I, I'm needing to get through under God's love in us. So we haven't gotten there yet. So we left off this on Satan is looking for a place to shine. Um, and so he's an angel that likes to transform himself into an angel of light. So let's go ahead and pray. And I know you prayed, but let's pray once again. Pray for our prayer meeting tonight. Thank you. Be fervent, effectual, and avail much. We ask this in Jesus. talked about uh, the battle to corrupt our credible Christianity. Uh, this is part two. We've talked a lot about God's love for us being credible. I'm not going to get into all of those. Uh, once again, we've we've covered that, I think, twice. I've duplicated that a little bit. Despicable. That was a popular thing, the despicables. Uh, so Satan is looking for an opportunity to lie to us. Um, 1113 number of rebellion and in that verse it says for such are uh, false apostles deceitful workers so now there's some wicked people out there that are you know, on the air being God's uh, God's people and not so and Satan is always going to send false apostles that was the film of Blank Dinner, Beguile Christ's Bride. And then we got to point C where Satan is looking for a place to shine. That's where we left off. So let's just pick up that text uh, in uh, there. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 through 15. Paul says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So the operative word there is transformed. They are not uh, angels of light, nor are they uh, ministers of righteousness, but they're transformed into angels of light, and they're transformed into ministers of righteousness. So that's given us some indications of things yet to come. I think some of the greatest deceptions that are yet to come uh, after the catching away of the church are, are going to be in those two areas where Satan is transformed uh, into an angel of light and transformed into a minister of righteousness for the deception of um, both uh, those that uh, are Jewish and the Gentiles that would follow him. So Satan is... And his workers are transformed, but not according to Romans 12, too. So we have a different transformation. And you guys are familiar with Romans chapter 12. Um, we not um, 
conformed to this world, but be transformed, right, by the renewing of your mind that we may prove that is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, right? So we know Romans 12, I beseech you therefore by the brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect uh, will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And interestingly enough, it, the next part of the passage goes right into the body of Christ. Uh, I, t- I alluded to that briefly this morning. A lot of people today, especially, are so independent, they, they think that they don't need the body of Christ. But be, part of us being truly holy is being in the context of the body of Christ. And so uh, Satan's workers are transformed, um, but not according to this passage in verse 2. Their not, they're not, minds are not renewed by the Word of God. The false teacher will not renew the mind by applying the Word of God to themselves or to, or to others. They'll twist the mind by misapplying the Word of God, which is what we saw Satan in the garden do with Eve. So we should not marvel, he says in verse 14. Um, and so we uh, shouldn't sit around and go, wow, you know. This is incredible. Uh, these angels of light are just amazing. No, he's actually saying, you know, this would be something we already know, right? That's what he's saying to the church at Corinth. So this is not something we should really go, oh, I can't believe that Satan transforms into an angel of light and his ministers. That Oh, I can't believe that Satan's working in the church. You know, well, actually, we should be very acquainted with that. And so that's what Paul's saying. Don't marvel. I mean, you should know this. These are things we ought to know. Um, he's already mentioned in the beginning of chapter 11, um, you know, about the beguiling of Eve uh, by Satan. And he did that with the Word of God, and so by questioning the Word of God. So this is something that we shouldn't be ignorant of, uh, Satan's devices. Uh, Judas was part of the Twelve, so it should not surprise us to find that there are false apostles among us. And he was a son of perdition. So um, it shouldn't surprise us that people in our own church are demonic for instance, I mean, I'm not saying that they are, they are, or they aren't. I don't know, but, but God knows, you know. And we had some pretty slippery folks around here in the past that, that it would it would trouble people because you could never really put your finger. Sometimes you could, but anyway, uh, there's, there's one guy in particular I'm thinking of that that was just it was just hard to pin him down. Uh, and uh, when you would confront him uh, just directly. Uh, it was like Judas. I mean, he would not, not he never had a problem acknowledging his wickedness and what he was up to, but he just didn't leave, you know. And so he was very difficult, uh, and he always was seemed like a step ahead type of thing. But God has a way of, of eventually uh, uh, figuring all that out. And the problem is the relationships of people who uh, are beguiled. They do not know, they don't recognize the danger of someone like that as they prey on different members of the body. And so it's very disconcerting when you have someone like that like a serpent sleeking around through the body of Christ, seeking whom they may beguile. Right. So, um, and so we don't. We, but we need to be aware of the fact that the devil will definitely dispatch people like that, and uh, we need to. Fortunately, um, at least in the one case I'm thinking of, um, many of us pastors were on top of that, and many other people, and in the church body, and people outside the church body, uh, were warning me and telling me, and you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, and so on and so forth. And eventually, God was able to uh, put up enough. Uh, resistance here that that person no longer 
feels welcome and wanted and uh, and they're not saved and they don't have any intentions of getting saved so but they sure call themselves a minister any opportunity they have and uh anyway so satan wants you to uh, um, understand that those types of folks are around i mean they're going to be around and even more as the day approaches and they don't have a fear of god and they're not scared uh, but they will be someday because they will bow and their knee they will confess and and uh, but it won't necessarily be because they did it willingly. It will be because uh, they are uh, going to have to before they get cast in a lake of fire. So Satan wants us to build up resentment against God and His will, just as he did with Eve in the garden, right? And so the lie is that God is holding out on us, and we talk about that quite often around here. You know, Satan he sold Eve on the lie that, that there was something more that God was just not willing to give Eve, and she believed the lie. And so in verse 14, um, or I'm sorry, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, if you go back, just turn back there to just a few chapters. And uh, somebody read verses 10 through 11. 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11. Yeah. Alright, so we're talking about forgiveness here. And in this particular instance, he's talking about the man who was taken in adultery with his stepmother in chapter, in a first epistle. And Paul's like, hey, look, I'm not going to hold back forgiveness, right? We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. I'm not going to hold out on forgiveness. If you guys, if, if his repentance is sufficient and you guys have forgiven him, then I do too, right? I don't have to be there. Uh, I'm not the Pope. So, hallelujah to you. We're going to forgive, but we're not ignorant of his devices. What's Paul saying there? That's an interesting thing, that, the way he concludes that sentence, that we're not ignorant, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So what he's really saying is, uh, I do believe that <clears throat> what, what Paul is sensitive to there is the devil likes to divide. And he'll take a situation like that man caught in, 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 uh, in that terribly uh, wicked situation and divide the body over it, right? Because some people forgive and others won't. And then you have a schism in the body. And Paul's like, no, we're not, we're not going to have that. We're not going to let that go on. If he's uh, repented sufficiently, there's no, then we have nothing, no need to not forgive him. And I'm not going to withhold forgiveness. And so, uh, so he is, it's like a wrestling match. Wrestling, when you wrestle with someone, it's a game of pushing and pulling. It's not just pushing or pulling. It's a game of, you push too much, you'll get thrown. If you pull too much, that you'll pull someone on top of you. They'll pull, you'll pull them into a move and they'll, they'll be back on your back. So it's a, it's just a constant struggle, right? And there's that balance that, that Paul is striking there. Very, very, uh, I say shrewd, very wise is a better word, very wise in how he's handling that situation and, and demonstrating for us not to get caught up in the wiles of the devil because he's wily. And so so Satan's looking for a place to shine, and and, uh, and Paul's like, you know, we're not going to let that happen here. We're going to win, uh, and we're going we're gonna to use the love of Christ to do that. And point D, Satan wants to lead you into an abusive relationship. Boy, isn't that the case? Um there's a lot of that today. There's all kinds of abuse going on in relationships. And so the blank there is abusive. Paul tells the church at Corinth that, the, that they have teachers, that they have, been, <clears throat> that they have the teachers that they've been looking for. So let's see what Paul says in verse 19 of chapter 11, 2 Corinthians 11, 19. 
Um, in that passage, he says, um, For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing yourselves are wise. Okay, so what's he really mean by that? He's like, well, you guys are so smart. Um, you know, you obviously, you've allowed a lot of fools to come in. And um, you get the teachers you've been looking for. If you're looking for carnal preaching, well, that's the preacher you're going to get. Second Timothy 4, 2 says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables right so uh, i knew a man who left our church he had a real hard time with the passage we uh, pulled in the old in d2 pulled from uh, d2 about israel how god gave them the idols which it says in the old testament isaiah god will give you the idols idols of your heart so that's what it says but in the new testament he's saying the same thing there will be people who will desire teachers to give them what they want to hear and they're going to get it I mean, God, if you resist God long enough, he'll answer your prayer. He'll let you have what you want. And uh, and uh, and so that's not a false doctrine. It doesn't impugn God's character and it doesn't take anything away from the love that he has for us. But he's, uh, you know, he's not obligated uh, to protect us indefinitely from evil if we pursue it, <laughs> you know, indefinitely. And so we do have our own free wills. And so... There was nothing wrong with Paul's gospel. They simply were being beguiled, as Eve was, subtly, by men with enticing words. And so Paul was like, you guys are suffering fools gladly. And that's the preaching you want, that's the preaching you're going to get. But that's abusive to the body of Christ. So the church at Corinth, it was acting like a battered woman. Second Corinthians eleven nineteen through 20. Uh, the Bible says, for you suffer fools gladly, seeing yourselves are wise, for you suffer, you allow, right? If a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face, I speak as concerning reproach, as though we uh, had been weak, howbeit wherein soever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. He's like, you've welcomed these people in here that have mistreated you as a body of Christ. That's not right. You've been abused. And uh, so the church should not judge based upon outward appearance, but what's being preached and lived out. And so uh, these men were not living out what they were preaching. And, uh, you know, so many times ladies in the church uh, have gotten into trouble looking for men based upon fleshly or worldly standards, right? He looks good. He smells good. um, He says what you want to hear, regardless if it's true. Uh, He'll make you feel good. And the next thing you know, you're in a fleshy relationship abusing yourself with mankind. It happens all the time. And, uh, by the way, it happens to men, too. Uh, Stetson alluded to the. I think it was Stetson alluded to Proverbs six this morning. Uh, it can happen to, to men as well. So we are we are to put false teachers on trial. Proverbs That's seven. Proverbs seven. Uh, isn't the the deep ditch woman in chapter six? But anyway, yeah, yeah. So we're we're to put false teachers on trial, and and we must come away with judgment if we're if we're. If we are put on trial, so uh, go to First John chapter four because this is something we got to look at. First John chapter four and verse one. First John four one. So the Bible says here, beloved, 
Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard it that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Uh, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Alright, so in this passage, what we're seeing is that um, false teachers can be put to the test. They can be put on trial. And we should know the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Right, So we have to come away with judgment once we put someone on trial. When someone comes on trial, you're, the, the whole idea is not to have a hung jury. It's to come out with a decision. This is the judgment. right? And so First John chapter 4 really helps us with that. First of all, he said there in verse 1, try the spirits. right? So when we think about trying something, it's putting them on trial. Whether, what are we trying? Are they of God? Right? That's what we're really trying. Are they of God? Because uh, we know this, that there's false prophets that have gone out in the world. But then he says, hereby uh, know ye the Spirit of God. Right? Well, what is that? Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So there's people who were saying that Jesus Christ had not come in the flesh, that he was um, just a spirit man. He, was never, he wasn't physical, because if he was physical, he'd have been sinful, because everything physical is sinful. That was the teaching in the first century. And John's saying that's absolutely false. And uh, if someone says Jesus hasn't come in the flesh, then they are not of the Spirit of God. They are not after God's Spirit. And so, uh, and then he goes on to talk about the spirit of Antichrist, uh, which should come. But he's also saying it's already in the world. There is a spirit that is against Christ. It's not just going to come, though he will, and it will, and it is here. Uh, but he is all, he's saying it's, it's already here, and that's in the first century. And so uh, the point there, without getting back into every verse, is in verse 6. He says, we should know hereby, we should know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And that's based on the Word of God. And God has given us the Spirit of Truth. So I think we'll stop there um, because that's where we are. God's love for you is incredible. Uh, Satan's lie to you is despicable. And then next time we get together, we'll talk about how God's love in you uh, is unstoppable. And that will take us through verse 33 of chapter 11. So battered woman. Battered, yeah, like a beaten woman. Battered, B-A-T-T-E-R-E-D. So she's a battered woman, and so that's a that's a that's the truth. You don't think about churches being battered, but there are churches like that. I when I was on the circuit, I can remember uh, being in a church down in uh, Gove, Kansas, that was had an abusive pastor, a really legalistic pastor, and. Uh, he just was, oh man, he was just hard on, I mean, he has no grace. It was terrible. And uh, I don't necessarily agree, disagree with some of his positions. It's just he he didn't, um, uh, he just had no grace. And so people, you know, for Christmas or whatever, he, he didn't like decorations. So 
but instead of teaching them about you know the pagan origins of Christmas or whatever, he just comes in and rips stuff off the wall and and so he ran that church down to you know four people and then he left because nobody was there and uh, those things happen. There's a few, there's pastors like that. I can remember when I was in the on the circuit another time I was with a fella and uh, he asked what the theme of the Bible was. Well, in our circles we know the theme of the Bible is the kingdom. Um, and uh, when they didn't know or didn't answer the way he wanted, I mean, just with disgust, just, you know, made him feel like they were terrible. And I was offended because I'm like, hey, don't treat the church like this. These people don't know any better. You know, they didn't have the same. Yeah, you're there to teach them, not to expect them to know stuff they don't know. You know, it's just really weird. And so um, I say that because there's guys in pulpits that, that abuse and batter the church. And the church, what well, Paul's saying, you're a fool if you let that happen. Why do you let these guys come in and treat you like that? You know, and so if you're wanting boldness, here it comes. We haven't gotten to that point. So next time we get together, Paul's going to give us some boldness. And uh, as, as he says, I'm speaking as a fool. But uh, yeah, since you're going to put up with fools that are battering you, know, I'm going to go ahead and be bold. You know, so, um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing to, to, to consider. And um, and so we need to be, um, obviously there's a balance. You, you need to definitely preach the truth, but uh, you also need to be gracious, you know. Yeah, for sure. Amen. Right. Yeah, Paul's Paul's testimony is so incredible. It's, it almost seems like it's not possible. I mean, it, it wouldn't if it wasn't true. It, it wouldn't be true. I mean, it's just you know the saying that truth is stranger than fiction. There's that's that is true. I mean, some of these things are unbelievable, yet true. So Paul was the real deal for sure. So was Jesus. I just watched uh, Tortured. Have you? Ever, I don't, is it Tortured for Christ? I think it's called Tortured for Christ. Richard Wormbrand, his testimony in Romania during the Cold War, and uh, you watching those saints. That's one of the comments in his notes that that's recorded in the movie uh, that was made about his time. Is that uh, these saints are as as uh, I was fellowshipping with the saints that are every bit as faithful as the first century. And these were people who were literally dying in in these Romanian prisons because they would not reject Christ. And uh, it's unbelievable, but it's true. These, there's a lot of that going on. So even today, All right? So that. So I appreciate your time, and that's as short as I ever go. So praise the Lord. I will uh, stop there, and I'm going to stop the recording. So if you're joining us online, we're glad you joined us. Come and see us in the flesh. God bless you.